0: What's your price to depend entirely on coin flips for all yes or no decisions over the next six months, or legally change your name to Wuzzles McGee, or to replace your hands with mind-controlled robotic prosthetics?
1: Let's find out. Here to give each hypothetical the dialectical and get reflective on the subjective and make you wow-wow with some know-how, we're your hosts, Aaron Corney and Lindsay Hicks. Also joining us today is a very special guest, Microsoft research scientist Marie
0: Oh man, it's about to get computer smart up in here. Let's kick it.
1: Here with us today is a man named Maurice Dezendruck, a machine learning scientist at Microsoft Research. You hear that, Lindsay? Microsoft Research.
0: I hear it loud and clear because of people like him.
1: And if I'm correct, Maurice dabbles and pokes at computers. That's accurate. That's what I do, dabble and poke.
0: That sounds so high-textual.
1: What does dabbling and poking encompass?
2: Uh, it's numbers. It's uh, it's metal and glass. Sand made
0: of plastic
2: silicon,
1: yes. Is it a beach made of plastic silicon sand that you all swim at?
0: Blood diamonds?
1: So you just sit at the beach all day and talk about silicon?
2: Yeah, that's pretty much it. Have you seen Silicon Valley, the TV show? It's nothing like that. Oh.
1: Maurice has decided that he wants to play What's Your Price with Lindsay and I. So we're gonna go ahead and pull him right into the silicon sanded beach with us and go a little swim swims. Lindsay, you wanna you wanna waddle the paddle? I
0: got my little my little swim cap on, I've got my goose waist air bubble, I've got fins to swim extra fast, I've got my nose clamp, I've got my ear plugs, and I've got my goggles, and I'm ready to jump right in this pool. Momo, can I call you Momo? Yeah, why not? Momo, what is your price to depend entirely on coin flips for all yes or no decisions over the next six months?
2: Okay, so I gave this some thought. And naturally, as someone who studies statistics, my first question is, is the coin evenly weighted?
0: Are there unevenly weighted coins?
1: Sure.
2: You attach some peanut butter to one end and then it doesn't
1: flip the same. Let's presume that this is the center of gravity is dead center in that thing.
2: Sure. Okay. so I have some more questions, a series of questions that I, I need to suss out before I get to a number. So next question was... Do I get to do the flip and enjoy the theater of it all? Or is this like a a flip decision that's phoned in from afar?
1: Can I take a branch off of your question and ask a sub-question? Please. I, I think this is something we all have to establish because otherwise you can get into like what magicians do and people who like rig coin flip games. Do you guys know how a magician can flip a coin like 10 times and always get heads or tails?
2: I figured they were just really good with their fingers.
1: Because
0: it's a fake coin.
1: I don't know what to do with you two. But (laughs) yeah, ultimately, they take the coin, they flip it, they catch it in their hand, and they rub their thumb gently across it to feel if it's the, the bulbous head side or not. And as they do that, they can flip it onto the back of their wrist and place it either way based on just a quick feel.
0: Honestly, I'm more impressed with that than if they'd just guessed.
1: So I think we have to pretend we live in a world where you have a coin butler, gratis, doing the flip (laughs) for you, who is an honest man.
0: Can I ask another question about the coin butler or buttress?
1: (laughs) You have to, yes.
0: Um, do I have to house him? Like I know I don't have to pay his salary, but like do I have to put him up?
1: Let's pretend the organization financing these stupid things we do here.
0: They provide his his housing, his salary. So there's no there's no fee to keep the butler. Call him Francis.
2: Sure. That's a that's a good like a gendered name. So Francis comes along like it's part of the scene. Right. Like, ah, let me please let me
1: refer to my butler. Let's not think about Francis too much.
0: I don't know if I can avoid thinking about Francis too much because there's a lot there's going to be a lot of Francis in my life. You know what I mean?
1: How about this? Francis has a whole setup remotely. They flip the coin and they'll text you the results. So all you have to do is text a prompt to Francis and say, flip it. Okay. So this okay.
2: Okay. dramatically lowers the value for me or increases the cost. Okay. Because I would want, it It would be easier for me to take this on at a lower price if I got the benefit of someone nearby being able to do that for me with friends in front of like a, a deli counter like do you want half a pound or a whole
1: pound I like just wait yeah you look down at your phone at the francis app you click it francis does a flip ski you get the result
0: mm-hmm. you know what if francis has to go to the bathroom and francis takes a little bit longer than you, have
1: you to need wait. we're not worrying about francis francis is fine
0: i i'm sorry i'm just so obsessed with francis i want to like have a personal relationship with this person who's going to be such an intimate part of my life for six months, is there like an add on to the Francis relationship? Like if I pay extra per month, can I get to know Francis a little bit better?
2: You're asking about a Francis with benefits. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Just, okay. Well, (laughs) just to see if I was clear about that. Like how many yes or no decisions are you going to have in six months? I was trying to think of this. What are the typical yes or no decisions? Do you want to go
0: out tonight? That would suck if I really wanted to go. And then I had to like be like, yes, I do. But I can't just tell you that because I've agreed. You know what I mean? So then I can't go out or somebody asked me to go out and I don't want to go. And the thing says yes. And then I have to go,
1: you know, you definitely don't want to tell your friends because then your friends will be like, hey, you want to like drive in the opposite lane on your way here?
2: Yeah, I was wondering if, if it can be abused. Like if I can say, like, should I eat mac and cheese? Flip. Should I eat mac and cheese? Should I eat mac and cheese? And then eventually I'll eat mac and cheese. And maybe like 10 times if I ask 20.
1: If your loved ones know about this, they could really troll you. Like they should be like, hey, do you want to give me a check for $200? It's true. And
2: if it's binding, you'd have to give it.
1: But if it's yes, you could say, yes, I do want to, but I'm not going to. And then they say, are you going to? And like, you could play semantics all over this also. It's not that bad.
2: That's true. Uh, Lindsay, on what you mentioned, if your friends are asking if you want to go out, it's a good alibi to have the coin flip because then you can just say like, uh, the coin said no. It's not that I don't want to go. It's that the coin said no.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, it's Francis said no. Right.
0: So really to be able to like say like, I'm letting this take over my life because it's not a very, uh, very feminist thing to do to like give this being control over your very basic decisions so if i'm going to give up feminism for six months on any level that's a that's pricey
1: how is yielding this to francis giving up feminism
0: because i'm giving up my own desires i'm giving up my own autonomy in a way and i don't think that that is uh feminist
1: (laughs) it
2: could be like an adventure that someone else is choosing for six months. The coin flip or giving up feminism? Uh, both, yes. Both. Only
0: this aspect of it. I'm just saying, <laughs> it's kind of embarrassing as an adult human to say, sorry, Francis says I can't. So imagine it's like having a parent again.
1: It's also tough for dating, right? Everything from dates to sex to relationships to commitments to having kids, like raising a child together. Like someone's like, hey, You should really like let your child cry themselves to sleep. And you're like, I don't know. Should I? And Francis like, yes. And you're like, well, I've traumatized my child for Francis.
2: So you'd have to live a pretty different life for six months Mm -hmm. if you wanted to be very conservative about it. You could isolate yourself.
1: I can see like six months later, though, you're like living in like an African tribe and you've given up all your worldly possessions. And one of your like best friends owns everything of yours. Just the wrong person can really mess with this.
0: Yeah. So, you know, you gotta you have to assume that Francis, without meaning to, you have to assume that you could lose everything in this process. You know what I mean? If somebody says, Can I have all of your money and assets? And the coin says, Yes.
1: And you give away your phone and now you can't get access to Francis, what happens? Oh. Right? Someone goes like someone some beggar goes up to you and says, Hey, I'm having a hard time. I don't know how how altruistic you're feeling, but can I have your phone? And you're like, Francis, yeah. And Francis is like, Yeah what happens
0: I think Francis has to come find you and give you another phone I think that's part of the deal
1: And in the meantime if you don't have access to the app you're just
2: back to where you were before which is Yeah not knowing
1: Do you have to flip a coin until Francis gets there
0: You have it a little emergency coin just in case I'm surprised
1: that Moe did not come in with guns blazing on the statistical side of this Well
2: I just I think I'm just okay with the kinds of yes or no decisions that come up naturally So assuming no abuse this is fairly low cost for me. I would just take on the adventure and it's like, okay, do you want to go out? No. Will you ride a bike? Will you eat your guilty pleasure cheapo hamburger? Yes. No.
1: It eh, doesn't matter. Hey, do you have to, do you have to use the bathroom? Would a coin flip change how I feel? No, but your answer might be like, hey, do you want to use my restroom before we leave? And then you flip it into no, but you really have to pee. So then you have to dead stare your friend as you wet yourself.
0: Hot. There's a market for that. <laughs>
1: Like I said, just take on the adventure, man. So what's it worth to you? Let's get let's get down to the meat and potatoes.
2: I think this is worth like a thousand dollars a month. Yeah. I would do it for six grand. Just think I, I can't imagine serious decisions actually happening that yes or no would make a like a huge difference. I guess people only ask me trivial yes or no questions.
1: But it's not just that. It's depending entirely for all yes or no decisions, not questions, decisions. I don't know. It's a it, it, uh, To me, this one's like, it could be devastating. That's
0: how I feel about it. I feel like somebody finds out that I'm doing this and they ask me every time they see me if they can have everything I own.
1: So to like replace everything you own is-
0: Replacing it? everything I own, but then like, you know, the, the emotional vulnerability for that length of time is just... And also like the, the trouble of having to every time. It's like-
1: ugh. Well, when Mo says he'd lock himself in the home- The problem is one friend can text you and say, hey, come out.
0: Can say, hey, why don't you move into my guest room?
1: Uh, Sorry, I'm going to play devil's advocate now. I guess the point is it's all semantics. If someone's like, hey, do you want to come out? And the answer is yes. And you answer yes. That just means that you've answered yes. That doesn't mean the decision. People have to phrase it to you very specifically in order for you to actually act on it. Yeah. I'm going to say it's inconvenient, but not as devastating as I originally thought, because I could be a real jerk with the semantics as well. So I'd say $740,212.
2: Now, why not $211?
1: I don't have to explain myself to our guests.
0: <laughs> well, that is a complicated <laughs> number. I, you know, I'm trying to think of like the most I could lose and also like an inconvenience fee and also, you know, the loss of autonomy which feels grave at best. I'm going to go with $2 million. Damn. Wow. I mean, in this economy, I wouldn't ask for less.
1: (laughs) Looking at the results from our audience, there are two people that said $10 million.
0: I bet it's women who don't want to give up their autonomy.
1: Yeah, to let a coin make all your yes-no decisions for six months. We're seeing a low at $1,000. Okay, I wasn't the lowest.
2: Feel slightly redeemed.
1: We're seeing a good number of people over a million, though. Five people were over a million, five people were under 10,000. But looking at the whole spread, we're looking at an average of like $1.3 million for our, for our listeners. I like that. I think that's fair. Shall we mosey on?
2: Let's mosey. I'm ready to
1: mosey. Sweet Mo, what's your price to legally change your name to Wuzzles McGee?
2: All right. So. Again, some questions. Is this a permanent name change?
1: I
0: don't know. It's kind of tough. I've never tried to legally change my name. I don't know the process.
1: Would you like to learn some of the steps? Yes, please. (laughs) It all begins with a petition to change your name. You fill out what's called a name change form. So you explain your reason and you decree it, right? So you take that to a court clerk and file it with your state's, like, fees and stuff, which are not cheap and not too bad. But then you actually have to, like, appear in front of a judge or magistrate and go over it all. But the best part of all that I never would have known about is that you apparently have to advertise your name change in the local newspaper in many states and counties. You're required to? Yeah. In some places, it's required that you put an ad out in the newspaper or, like, an announcement in the newspaper to get it out there. So you have your like, you have a hearing with a judge or whatever, and then they can certify it. But yeah, apparently it has to like be in the paper. But there's there's very few rules against what you can change your name to. You can't do it to escape debt or hide from criminal liability or to like help you commit a crime. You can't use it to be misleading or like make yourself sound like the name of a celebrity. You can't use a racial slur or do anything that would be considered offensive.
0: But wait, do you, you have to tell them why you're changing it? Like you can't just be like, I just don't like my name. I think my name I don't like it. It's not very cool.
1: I think that's okay. It's just you have to explain what your thought is, but then there's charges like in California the cost to file it is $435. Can go up to 480. But then you have to go do to me it's that none of that is that bad. You pay like LegalZoom or some website to do it for you, right? It's about you have to talk about to your employer, the post office, voter registration office, doctor's offices, utility companies, landlords, mortgage companies, uh, alumni associations from schools, insurance companies, airlines where you have points or credit cards where you have points. I mean, it's it's just it's a real pain in the butt.
2: There, there could be a convenience, though, in getting away from some of those things you just mentioned. What are you thinking? Obviously, you can't get away from debt, but like alumni associations can get kind of annoying.
0: Also, Wuzzles McGee. Is a it's tough, but you do you, in this you you don't actually have to go by Wuzzles, right? Like you don't have to be like, hey, my name's
1: Wuzzles. That's a good point. It's just legally changing it. Your nickname could be Sweden. I like that.
2: That's a cool name,
1: mm-hmm. Sweden McGee. I mean,
0: the stakes feel kind of low for this one. I gotta say.
1: It's just a pain in the ass.
0: It's just it's just really annoying and like you have to go through all this stuff. Can you change your name back to your... I mean, I assume you can because that's what divorce people do all the time, right?
1: Let's presume this is a permanent change. Wait. First of all, I know people can't see it. Put those eyebrows down.
0: I can't. I, I just was thinking I could just change it and then change it right back.
1: I think this one's a lifer. Oh, man. But that doesn't mean you can't go by a nickname. So it's really just having it on all your documentation and then having to explain it.
0: Like I could still go by Lindsay, but my passport would say Wuzzles McGee.
1: Okay. So I'm of two minds here because
2: I really like aliases. So Wuzzles McGee is actually kind of fun for me for a few reasons. First of all, the monogram potential is great with the W and the M being vertical flips of each other and kind of symmetric. I think it would be kind of cool for branding if I had something that I needed to brand. For what, monograms? That's right. You see, MD just doesn't, visually, graphically, it doesn't grab your attention. Whereas a WM definitely would. But I like the two Zs and the two Es. And yeah, you'd probably have to change a bunch of documents, but I don't have kids. So seems like it'd be pretty doable. The one thing that I get stuck on is that my family is really into the last name. We know every Dizendruck in the world, and it's it's kind of fun.
0: There's an emotional aspect to you. There's like a family lineage.
2: Yeah, we know everyone, which is a, it's a cool, unique thing. So if it hadn't been that, I would have been really low. But because of that... It, it just gets ratcheted up like tenfold.
1: So it's really what's your price to cripplingly disappoint your relatives? Right.
2: And the living ones, because if I had kids, they could still take the family name.
1: How many living relatives do you have that this would impact? It's like
2: between 30 and 40. Wow. That's how many I would
1: disappoint. So it's really not about you. It's about hurting your loved ones and what that's worth to you.
2: <laughs> I am so selfless, Aaron. Uh-huh. Yeah. So I pegged it at around 5 million just so that... uh When my kids have a different name, they'll know that I did it for a good amount.
0: Um, I've been thinking about my price for this, and I'm a little confused because as a a lady person who was raised in Texas, it's like I always kind of assumed that I would marry someone and my last name would change. So I feel less tied to my last name because it's not like I would have carried it on. But, you know wuzzles is really hard for me. I could, you know, everyone would still call me Lindsay. It would just be on my legal documentation and stuff like that. So it would really be only like, you know, I'd be at the airport and they'd be like, um, okay. Uh, Thanks. Uh, wuzzles um you know what i mean like that for those those moments it would be a little awkward <laughs> so i don't know it doesn't feel like it feels more funny than anything and like it wouldn't devastate my life too terribly much but i also you know when someone asked me like you fucking change your name to wuzzles what i would be like it's chill, I got paid. So I would want the number to be enough where I felt like a little bit of a badass for being wuzzles because wuzzles.
1: I think that's part of it. There has to be a story. Pulling yeah. a little Game of Thrones here. Like you got to have a good story to it. This is a theme
2: of like, it's the amount to compensate for the embarrassment. Exactly. I don't think this
1: would be embarrassing though. It's just to
2: explain like, eh, it doesn't make sense, but I got paid X and X has to make sense to whoever's listening.
0: I've got to get a house for it. I have to say, (laughs) Wuzzles paid for this house.
2: That's a pretty good story. I like that. Plus, we haven't mentioned that you could be called Fuzzy Wuzzy, which I feel like is kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So I got to say, it's got to be enough for me to buy a house. And it doesn't need to be a big house, just something, you know, something modest uh, in a centrally located place in Los Angeles. So $1.5 million.
1: I see where you're at. The bar's lower for me because my last name is already Corny. So I've kind of... My last name
0: is Hicks, so... (laughs)
1: fine. Miss Hicks, (laughs) I'm sitting at a two five ski, $2,500,000. I think you could just own it. I would own Wuzzles McGee. I'd make it a very, very integral part of my identity. And you just lean into it.
0: Would you get like Wuzzles merch and stuff like that?
1: Oh, I would have t-shirts that say, my name is Wuzzles McGee. And I changed my name legally for two (laughs) and a half million dollars. And then, you know, just use it all as a promotional materials. I'm not above it. Not above it.
2: Do you think the other side of the spectrum is also a good story where someone says, You changed to Wessels Mickey for how much? And you're like, 20
0: bucks. Then you just look like a chump.
2: I once knew a guy who got a Snoopy tattoo on a Friday the 13th for $13. And it was, I, I don't understand the logic, but I also can see the goofiness
1: of the story. Look, that's his journey. That's his journey. Okay, we're looking at our audience poll results. Linz, you want to do this one? Um,
0: Okay, we got a high of $10 million, a low of $10,000.
1: So $10,000, I guess there are people that'll...
0: Yeah, three people said $10,000.
1: It's for the monogram, guys, I'm telling you.
0: <laughs> it's a cool monogram, I gotta say. The average of all of the poll results put together is $925,000.
1: I want to meet whoever said $10 million.
0: I'm desperate to know why.
1: I want to know what trauma does change your name to Wuzzles McGee instill to make it worth 10 mil skis? I'm
0: so curious. Okay, whoever put $10 million to change your name to Wuzzles McGee, please, for the love of Betsy... DM us at Human Values Pod and tell us what, just give us your reasoning. I just, we're all desperate to know.
1: It's going to wind up being like Mo's mom who saw it (laughs) and didn't want him to change it. And was like, well. I hope that's the big secret. Last question. Here we go. What's your price to replace your hands with mind-controlled robotic prosthetics? A little slice and dice, a little bowl of rice, (laughs) slip it on. It feels real nice. What's it worth to you?
0: Can I get these prosthetics updated is that however often I want to?
1: I think that's fair.
0: Is that included in, the or do, am I going to have to pay for my own updates?
1: Let's presume. Over the air updates.
0: now I'm talking hardware.
1: That's true. That's a good point. Oh, you want someone to plug and chug. Mm,
0: you know, I hate to say this, but yeah, that's exactly what I want.
1: You want to plug and chug?
0: Yeah, that's what I desire at this moment.
1: This kind of technology is happening, right? We've seen the Elon Musk's Neuralink monkey playing ping pong with its mind. There's been a lot of new studies that test of neuromusculoskeletal prosthetics, (laughs) right? They attach to your nerves and muscles and skeleton. It is mind control, but you could also feel sensations. So they're, you know, at the bleeding edge of the technology, the stuff is emerging.
0: They feel.
1: So can we play pretend and say this is done at a lab where they've perfected and mastered the craft?
0: You know, my my Uh, price would be a whole lot different if this was one hand. But both hands is a real Meryl Streep.
1: Real Meryl Streep. So no. sa- what you mean by real Meryl Streep is that it's going to be a little inconvenient for you to regularly have to plug an Ethernet cord into your palm. Oh, it's going to be wireless. Yeah, it is wireless. wireless. Well, she wireless. said she wants a plug-and-chug.
0: No, I meant, I meant updated hardware. Like, give me a new hand every year so that I have the most up-to-date version. That's what I mean by plug-and-chug.
2: Lindsay, great point about updated hardware. I didn't consider that at all. Aaron, way beyond... The scope of what's realistic of hardware that works perfectly. I did a little bit of research. And by that, I mean, I did some YouTubing on the sofa in my pajamas. <laughs> and I still don't think we're anywhere near dexterity with the hands. I think we're at kind of rudimentary control. I know through EEG electrodes on the back, you can get visual, you can see what someone is looking at. And now I think, uh, there's some technology that senses the, the nerve impulses at the wrist that can tell what the hand is doing. So assuming that your wrist and beyond replacement, but forearm is still good, maybe you can have some more input that way or better input. But I don't think the controls are, are very good right now. And I think it would be pretty debilitating. And I say that also understanding that people have prosthetics and live perfectly good lives. But there's been a lot of
1: studies that show. But I I think it's way off. I don't think so. I think uh, I was reading an article this morning from the New England Journal of Medicine in which they did like a test on multiple Swedish patients who had these integrated interfaces between their brains and their arms and these prosthetics that can like feel things. And they can feel sensitive tactile feedback and it seemed like it was going well for the last few years for those people and this was a study from 2 years ago.
2: Yeah, I mean what we see in the media is like the best possible narrow case of usage. Have you ever hurt your arm or your hand and like not been able to use it for a week or something? It's incredibly difficult. Like you you end up using your hand for way more than you would expect.
1: So you're anticipating that much like your computer or anything else doesn't matter how shiny sexy new it is. You're going to have hardware issues. You're going to be hugging a friend, but then randomly your hand is going to grab their their jacket and you're just going to seem like you've gotten very aggressive for no reason.
0: But also then you can't like typing is going to take forever. Typing like having a regular job becomes incredibly difficult.
1: Right. You're typing at the computer and suddenly you grab all the keys off of it. Yeah. You
2: might accidentally strangle someone. (laughs) I suppose that's a risk, a very high cost risk. Like Someone
0: could hijack your hackers. Yeah. (laughs) Hand hackers, hand curse.
1: It's true. You could be at a petting zoo and it goes real bad real quick.
0: Mm-hmm. I mean, if I knew it was an option that I could actually injure a person, I probably would not be around anyone I didn't want to injure, which I don't really want to injure anybody. But, you know, then I could be a superhero person, maybe.
1: Like a very unreliable hero.
0: Like Raphael, the the kind of loose cannon ninja turtle. I would be like him.
2: I do want to ask a separate question, though. Yes, please. What do you think is the best part of the human body?
0: What? What do you mean like our personal favorite about ourselves or just like the most?
2: Lindsay, he's
1: fishing for compliments. <laughs> no. No, no. The audience can't see this again, but he's flexing his arms in the uh, in front of us right now as wow, we're talking. Wow, uh,
0: biceps, Maurice, is that what you want to hear? Biceps. <laughs>
1: what part of the
2: human body in general do you think is the best okay, part of Okay, now he's
1: standing up. Oh, it's a bit of groin, but like now we got his legs hands. they are the answer is hands i thought guys. you were it's going hands. to say brain <laughs> okay the best mechanical part i think is
2: yeah obvious. hands it's hands
0: fine. help us do a lot of things hands are um hands are everything
2: it's
1: cooking it's uh feeding yourself It's doing
0: literally everything that we do yeah. so how do you put a price on that
1: you absolutely cannot slap somebody at the academy awards because imagine
0: you would kill you would but kill if it's them. covered
1: in cotton balls then maybe we did miss that there would be the
2: novelty of putting different gloves on i guess you can do that with hands too but it's more fun with prosthetics yeah but you
0: don't have to with hands with a with a chrome uh, chrome hands you might have you might not want it to be a thing or might not want people to know that you could squeeze yeah you're gonna want to hide it yeah
1: it's gonna get weird when you try to fly though if your hands aren't registered weapons but they can be but they're attached to you going through security your gloves won't cover it
0: so i guess you got to have enough money to fly private
1: Well, let's figure out how much money that would cost. Great segue, Lindsay. (laughs) All right, Mo, what's your price to know that you would kill a famous person on stage if you were to slap them at the Academy Awards? Uh, I don't want to be a murderer
2: and I don't want to be a killer.
1: So it'd be pretty high.
0: I don't think it's a huge risk. But I think it's something you should consider in the process of like, you know, what if someone hacks my hands?
1: You can totally have like fail safes in place so that like the hand doesn't actually hurt somebody If in that case. I don't know.
2: So when I was thinking about this, none of this uh, risk came to mind. The only thing I was thinking of was how likely is a prosthetic hand going to have the dexterity of a human hand? And as much as I want to see paradigm shifts in the technology i just can't see it happening that quickly and considering how much we do with our hands it would be worth a lot to me
1: i'm gonna say 40 million dollars based on what you just said Whoa. because i think you want to make sure you have the capital to invest in this technology to develop and grow it at lightning fast speeds and to be able to be an early adopter of each new step forward in the tech
2: okay 40 million is not going to be an R&D budget. I think you're right. So what's an R&D budget? But it's, a, it's a really good point that if the money is going to be used for R&D to make it better sooner, right? then you solve your your challenge or you
1: improve your challenge faster. Billion dollars. I'm taking a billion dollars both for lifestyle and convenience and also as an entrepreneur to move that tech forward.
0: Guys, I I love my hands. I love everything that they do. I just, I love them. To not have them would be so devastating. I'm going to say a trillion, trillion. I mean, if I'm going to do it, I'm not going to lowball myself on something that would devastate me so completely. What
2: are you going to do with two prosthetic hands and a trillion dollars?
0: Well, I will have a very big house and I will not fret over the fact that I can't have a regular job and I like... Having a boss be like, hey, I need this by five o'clock when typing takes for fucking ever to not have that. But then also I would want to help the other handless people. But also, you know, there's a lot of amputees out there who I'm sure like that the research would be so valuable and to be able to like put that into that and kind of be the face of amputees, like the the amputee trillionaire trying to make the world a better, easier place for people who've lost body parts. I mean, that's really that would be fucking cool.
2: This was feeling really sad, but then it took this philanthropic and research twist and I'm really liking it now. So, I was thinking about 50 to 100 million dollars, but hearing about the opportunity to do R&D to make it better and to help people, yeah, I think I'd do it for more, like 500 million.
1: So, this is what's interesting though. Looking at our audience poll results, the highest number was 30 million dollars. More than one person put this. The lowest was $10,000. What? Someone's okay with a lot of weird stuff happening to them this year. And it makes sense. Looking at the spread puts us at $5.2 million on average. Let me see. There's seven people who are under a million dollars. Wow. People are comfortable with this.
0: Please DM us on our Instagram and tell us your reasoning. We are dying to know and we can talk about it later.
1: Definitely. Until then, until we hear from all of you, let's do a quick would you rather. Of the three things we've looked at today, we each get to choose one. What are you going home with? You have to live with one of these.
2: I'm hmm. um, between Coin Flip and Wussels McGee. I really think the Coin Flip would be easier, but I think $5 million would be better. So,
1: no, i still go with the Coin Flip. I also go with the Coin Flip. I think that that yeah. one is.
0: It's the six months of it all.
1: A half year adventure. You can recover from it.
0: I'm going Coin Flip too.
1: Okay. It's six months. Well, we just got the results in from our lovely producer, Rob. Linz, you want to kick off some awards? We
0: give out two awards. The first one is the Cheap Charlie Award. I'm honored to award this to Momo at five hundred and five million six thousand dollars
1: Thank you. Yeah. Would I take the three together? Yeah, probably. And at a meager one trillion three million five hundred thousand. dollars the big spender award yeah, goes that, to Lindsay. That truly, really Lindsay. knocked me
0: right on up, didn't it?
1: <laughs> we all know you just, you just I just wanted to game. win
0: big spender for fucking once. But also I love my hands and nobody will ever be able to dissuade me from that.
1: We all know this. You talk about them a lot. Lindsay, I have a question. Do you ever get bored?
0: I feel like this is a trick and I don't know how to answer it because I want to give you the answer that you want, but I also don't ever get bored.
1: Well, if you ever do get bored, let me tell you that there's a lovely publication online that you can read <gasps> called Discovering <laughs> Distribution Shifts Using Latent Space Representations.
0: Ooh, sounds like something that I would totally understand if I read it.
1: I want to tell you all about it, but I also can't explain it. But maybe someone who, we can't say authored, but co-authored, is that the right term? Yeah.
0: Space representations? Wait, <laughs> wait, wait. Using? I gotta, okay. La- I think... Latent... <laughs> Latent space? Is that outer
2: space? It's somewhere between here and outer space. Wait, yeah.
0: what? There's a place between here and <laughs> outer space. What does latent sp- help?
2: No, I'm kidding. Okay, I'm not an astrophysicist. So the- <laughs> thank you, Aaron, for teeing up my latest work co authored with some of my colleagues. It is a tooling that we built to help understand when machine learning models are maybe going to start failing. So the name of the game is usually in machine learning. You have some data set and you try and learn from that to make a model that's going to predict stuff. And if you then try and use it on some new data that doesn't look like the data you trained it on, then problems start to happen. We wrote some things to help avoid that.
0: The machine can turn evil. The machine revolts. This is like a sexy, a sexier tale than I think you're making it out to be.
2: It's Terminator Seven? How many Terminators have there been?
0: Not enough, clearly, because we haven't covered latent space.
2: This is the next one.
1: Well, I also, we we didn't read the full title. It's Discovering Distribution Shifts Using Latent Space Representations, a.k.a. How to Learn to Love the Terminator in You.
0: Wow, that's deep, man.
1: Or maybe the alt title is Machine Learning in the Frenzy of Meat Along the Way.
0: Or, hey, hey man, aren't we all failed machine space representations
1: we will link to the paper in our show description and we will forever love cherish and reflect upon this time with you marie steez momo thank you so
2: long and thanks for all the fish
1: we giggled we learned we made money we earned we had a fun time doing learns learns lins linds you learned did you learn lins? that was an enjoyable experience you're so much more concise than me in every No, way. I'm not. It was a ruse. It's a- yeah, you are, but that was a lot of fun. Yeah, I liked it. Do you have fun out there, people? Do you know how to have fun? You know what we love even more than fun? You guys and having you play along with us. So, if you want to join in the fun, run as fast as you can to your nearest browser and let us know your worth, we're always putting up new polls over at humanvaluespodcast.com. You can go there, you can sign up for our newsletter, get reminders, get the updates, it'll be great. And while you're at it, friendly PSA, you can always find transcripts for today's episode and past episodes on the Human Values website. Again, that's humanvaluespodcast.com.
0: If you enjoyed today's episode, or if you just liked the show, spread the word we really appreciate it so dang much if you talk about us on instagram and tag at human values pod maybe we'll choose you for a shout out speaking of which today we want to thank ob knobe who reached out to us on itunes and said hilarious and entertaining i'm not much of a podcast person but i had a blast listening to this one Looking forward to more episodes. I'm like, am I gonna cry right now? That's no, that the last part the last part was me. The last part was me thinking I was gonna cry.
1: We're training this person into a podcast person.
0: Oh, he a little pod boy now.
1: <laughs> so anyway, thanks for listening. We're your hosts, Lindsay Hicks and Aaron ribbon Corney. Special thanks to our guest this week, Maurice Deesendrook.
0: Our lead producer is Rob Goldman. Our producers are Shanti Brooke and Aaron Rubin Corney. Our editor is Nick Agich. And our music is by Omer Ben Z.
1: All information, research, and advice shared on today's episode were expressed for entertainment purposes only. Statements provided by the Human Values hosts, production team, and guests should not be taken as personal advice or fact. In short, when in doubt, please don't listen to us.
0: Human Values is a human content production.
1: We love you. We know you. All of you.
0: Especially you.
1: Oh, you are great.